I invite your attention to the first letter to the Corinthian church, 1 Corinthians 2. And while you're finding that, I need to point out two quick things. Uh, first of all, guys, uh, this is not so much an announcement as it is to let you know of something that's that's going to be provided here in January. It's a course that has, uh, you can get seminary credit for it. It's considered really the best course on missions that is available in the evangelical world today. It's called Perspectives. It's down in the bottom of that middle panel down there. It, it'll cost you. It'll, I think it's, oh, I don't know, it's like 200 bucks, I think. And it's uh, from January to May. Um, but, but it is uh, very highly regarded in evangelicalism and something that you might want to consider as, um, as we attempt or make an attempt to um, continue our effort to fulfill the Great Commission. Hey guys, uh, yesterday there was a bunch of people up here. Yesterday morning there was a, uh, a breakfast at 9.30 and then a testimony by uh, Kim Killebrew and then uh, a little marketplace out here for women who have creative gifts. And, and it was a, it was a, just a home run. Um, just couldn't, it sold out. It didn't have any more room. It was just, it was really quite a, quite a thing. Uh, but the reason I say that is because there was one woman who really um, <laughs> led uh, much of the thing, if not the whole thing, and worked her little uh, self to death. And, and I just wanted you to recognize her. Lee Campbell, she's right over there. And uh, Lee, say hello. There she is. Um, worked awfully, awfully hard to pull that thing off, and I know so many of you enjoyed it. And, and anything that happens like that always requires somebody to lead. You know, somebody's got to, you know, take the mantle and lead it in that case, and I just wanted you to recognize that. All right, we're in verse Corinthians chapter 2. I'm going to read only two verses. It's the first two of chapter 2. Here we are. And I, when I came to you, brothers, did not come proclaiming to you the testimony of God with lofty speech or wisdom. For I decided to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. The grass withers and the flower fades. But the word of our God, it endures forever. You know, guys, people like me like texts like this, particularly verse 2. It's it's brief, it's concise, it's clear. It's it's absolute. It's firm. I decided to know nothing among you except Christ and him crucified. Period. And in some ways, it's, the text is, is, is odd. It's odd because of, of who wrote it. it. It is the Apostle Paul, of course, who wrote that. But the Apostle Paul is the same man who gave us so much information, so much instruction for the Christian church. He's the one that gave instruction about the Christian family, for instance, in Ephesians 5. He's the one that gave us the great love chapter in 1 Corinthians 13. He's the one that gave us um, um, the full armor of God in Ephesians 6. He's the one that um, 
uh, gave us the qualifications for elders in 1 Timothy 3. There's so many things that that man gave us. And for him to step forward and say, I determined. I decided to know nothing. I know nothing. But Christ to him crucified. It, it makes it um, it makes it intriguing to people like me, and, and I think to some of, of you, the man who knew so much and gave us so much, bored in on one essential, central truth. Because, ladies and gentlemen, as Paul would tell you, and as the New Testament would tell you, Christianity is a religion of the cross. Because the cross is a symbol of everything that Jesus accomplished for us. Christians, Christians are a people of the cross. You know, you may want to do this one of these days. Just, just recognize how often is the cross the center of our hymnology? You know, I, I think you know this, that um, I can tell a little story that would maybe make me tear up, but I won't. Um, my, one of my favorite hymns is, When I Survey the Wondrous Cross. When I Survey the Wonder On Which the Prince of Glory Died. The, the, the word I always love to draw attention to is the word survey. The, the hymn writer is not asking us to look at the cross. He's not asking us to uh, wear one. He's asking us to survey. He's asking us to sit down, shut up, and contemplate the cross. We sing songs like, um, Beneath the cross of Jesus I fain would take my stand. Um, we, we extol its power in our hymns. We, we long to be near it, near the cross. We love it. We, we, we boast in it. Because, ladies and gentlemen, rightfully so, Christianity is a religion of the cross. And of all the messages that we proclaim, you know, of all the things that we have to say, the cross is to occupy the preeminent place in all of our message. And, and any other message that we might proclaim, it, it makes sense only as it intersects with this other central focus of the Christian message, the cross. Guys, you remove the cross and you are left with a religion just like everybody else's. All the other religions, folks, are nothing but more but pure moralism with different details. They are all efforts at man being good, doing good, being good enough to save himself. They are all self-salvation strategies, except this one. But if you remove the cross from, from Christianity, you have emasculated the message that we have. Guys, I want to read you some quotes. These are just, actually I've got five, but I want to read you four. These are brief ones. 
These are from some of my heroes. The, uh, the first one's from Leon Morris. And Leon Morris says that a Christianity which is not cross-centered is not Christianity at all. Here's one of my heroes, Lloyd-Jones. The preaching of the cross is the preaching of the death of the Lord Jesus Christ on that cross. It is the very heart and center of the Christian gospel and the Christian message. Put that in the center. Place it in the front. Proclaim it above everything else. Here's another one of my heroes. Spurgeon. Leave out the cross and you have killed the religion of Jesus. Atonement by the blood of Jesus is not an arm of Christian truth. It is the heart of it. Last one. From a guy by the name of P.T. Forsythe, who um, you don't know, but good guy. He says, Christ is to us just what his cross is to us. All that Christ was in heaven or on earth was put into what he did there. On this, the whole church rests. If you move faith from that center, you have driven the nail into the church's coffin. The church is then doomed to death. And it is only a matter of time until she expires. You convinced yet? Well, let me assure you, ladies and gentlemen, not everyone is. Maybe not everyone in this room. But I've got one more quote for you. Now, this one's longer, and it's intricate. I, I, I really should have put it up here so that you could kind of listen to what this fellow says. But I'll do my best, and you do yours. He says, what does the cross mean? How is it to be understood? Clearly, the old pattern of seeing the cross as the place where the price of the fall was paid is totally inappropriate. Aside from encouraging guilt, justifying the need for divine punishment, and causing an incipient sadomasochism, that has endured with a relentless tenacity through the script, through the centuries, the traditional understanding of the cross of Christ has become inoperative on every level. As I have noted previously, a rescuing deity results in gratitude, never in expanded humanity, constant gratitude which the story of the cross seems to encourage, creates only weakness, childishness, and dependency. You know who wrote that? A bishop in the Episcopalian church. His name is John Shelby Spong. And it's not simply non-Christian. That is positively anti-Christian. Yes, Bishop Spong. We believe in a rescuing deity. 
and in a deity as a result of his rescue to whom we are grateful. And this business about an expanded humanity, he says, constant, no, as I have noted previously, a rescuing deity results in gratitude, never in an expanded humanity. What the devil is that? An expanded humanity. An Episcopalian bishop wrote that. The Apostle Paul said this, and I read it for Bishop Spong's benefit. And for others of you who have not yet seen the centrality of the cross, Paul writes, for the word of the cross is folly to those who are perishing. But to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. Guys, do you understand the centrality of the cross to Christianity? If not, then then don't participate in this sacrament. Because you're just worsening, you're complicating your own position. And, and if you don't see the centrality of what Jesus Christ has done on his cross, then you're not yet a Christian. And oh, that you might one day soon, maybe this morning, see the beauty of Christ's cross and be overwhelmed by the importance of it for, for your own spiritual and eternal safety. Guys, we invite you to a, a sacrament. A sacrament that is to remind us of the events that took place on a cross. The symbols of breaking of a body and the shedding of blood took place on one of those. And so if you have, if you have seen The preeminence, the centrality, and the altogether essential nature of what Jesus Christ has accomplished on the cross. Then we invite you to come fellowship not only with God's people, but fellowship with the Lord Jesus who is the one who died on that cross to purchase a people. For, for his own. Let's survey that as we enjoy this. Our Father, uh, I do pray that you will uh, remind us that of all of our messages, the one that is central to uh, everything is the message of Christ's finished work on Calvary's cross. That the cross for us is not simply a piece of jewelry. For us, it is the very heartbeat of our message. It is the heartbeat of our hope. 
It is the thing on which we rely for forgiven sin and life eternal. Would you meet us here? We, we participate by faith. That is, we, we return to the place of where we laid hold of Jesus for the first time. And ask you, O God, once again for fresh supplies of grace and mercy. Lord, for those you may have brought here this morning who have not yet met this Savior of ours, might they see his beauty in, um, in what we do here. And we ask it all in Jesus' name.